Oh, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Good morning, Christian America. Don't be mad at me. These aren't my words. These are Jesus's words. Jesus is giving a lesson to his disciples. He's approached by a, a rich man, a rich young man, who asks some important questions about life and what he can do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus gives, some, gives him some advice. Thereby, Jesus gives us some advice. So let's get into scripture this Monday to hear what Jesus has to say for ourselves. We can listen to it. We can read it. We can see it. We can ponder it. We can question what that means for us today. So without further ado, good morning, Christian America. All right, and good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this nation. We come to you this Monday as we come to you every Monday with scripture in hand, right? We're going to read it to you. We're going to show it to you. That way you're not led astray. It's important that we understand the word of God. We understand and we read it and we under, uh, uh, so we can listen to what Jesus provides us, the wisdom, the knowledge that he provides to us so that we can take his advice. We can take his wisdom. We can take his knowledge that he freely offers to us and we can live, all, live out our day in this world. Following the teachings of Jesus, following the examples as best we can. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. No one's going to be perfect. But trying our hardest to follow the example that Jesus provides to us opens up a new door. It opens up a whole new life to us, a whole new existence that's available to us because with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit in us that we that in that that would inhabit us that motivates us that inspires us to get out into the world and change things for the better seek the kingdom first jesus says and all these things will be given to you as well today we come to you with this with uh this passage in the gospel of mark chapter 10 if you followed us and if you've been following us on the previous podcast on this monday podcast you know that jesus is giving lessons He's teaching his followers. He's setting examples. He's driving out demons. He's curing the sick. He's rebuking the religious leaders who are trying to ensnare him in word games so they can use it against him. Um, and in the midst of all of these things that Jesus is doing, all of these teachings that he's providing for his, his, uh, his followers, thereby providing for us, he's approached by a rich young man. And there's slight differences between the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark uh, regarding some of the wording here. But the message is pretty clear. And there's a lot of messages. It's a little bit more scripture than we usually bring to you, but we have no choice. This is, this is what Jesus talks about, right? He provides this lesson. And you're not going to want to miss this because it, it matters so much today in this materialistic world where we put our priorities. And this rich young man who approaches Jesus earnestly, not with bad intention, but earnestly to find out what he can do to better himself. We should also be coming to Jesus asking that same question. So let us not rebuke this young man. Let, let us not, you know, cast aspersions or, you know, find hubris amongst ourselves when we, when we listen to this passage of scripture, how this man interacts with Jesus, but most importantly, let us be open to what Jesus says to him. Okay, so without further ado, 
Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Verse 17 starts off, it says, As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud and honor your father and your mother. He replied to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At that statement, his face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said amongst themselves, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, we have given up everything and followed you. And Jesus said, amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many that are first will be last and last will be first. Let me take you back to the top because we want to, it's a lot and we want to kind of walk through these things. So what is Jesus, what is, what's going on in this passage? The, the rich young man comes to him and says, good teacher, what must I do to, inter, to, to enter eternal life? Jesus' first response is something that we should ponder on. There is no one good except God. If you think that you're a good, a quote unquote good person, there, Jesus says there is no one good but God. When we see the world and we, and we hear people that espouse their own virtue and they claim to be quote unquote good people, they don't need, you don't need religion, they say, to be a good person. You don't need Christ to be a quote-unquote good person, to be a good neighbor. Jesus tells us that there is no one good but God alone. There is no one who does all of these things right. There is no one who is sinless. There is no one who is blameless. The only person that is ever sinless or blameless is Jesus. So that's the first lesson right out, right out of the gate that Jesus provides to us. 
What go? What? What does the rich young man say? Or what does he continue to tell the rich young man? Follow the commandments. You want to hit? You want to enter eternal life? Because that was the question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, follow the commandments. You know the commandments. You should not steal. You should not kill. You should not commit adultery. You should not bear false witness. You should defraud people. And you should honor your father and mother. That's Jesus' lesson to say, you actually have to do these things. I know there's a big push that says, oh, you have to believe in Jesus. But if you believe in Jesus, you must also believe in Jesus' words. And you must also believe in Jesus' commands. And so quite bluntly, he's asking for eternal life and Jesus says, follow these commandments. So we too must follow these commandments. Are you going to do perfect every time? No. But what we don't do is we don't celebrate our, our, our misfortunes. We don't celebrate our sins. We try our darndest to repent and get right back in the good graces of God and that we follow these commandments. And so the rich young man says, look, I've done these things. I have observed them from my youth. Many years you would, you, you'd think that it is. He's always done this. He's a good Jew in, in, the, in the Jewish land. He's following the Torah. He's following the, the Psalms. He's following the prophets. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Following the law. The law handed down by Moses. And Jesus goes, but there's one thing that you're lacking. Knowing, that his, knowing his heart, there's one thing that you're lacking. Go sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and come follow me. The kid doesn't get righteous, righteous indignation. The kid doesn't rebuke Jesus. The, 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 the kid doesn't scoff at him. He's earnest in his, in his wishes. He's earnest in his conversation. He wants to really know. He wants, he's been trying. He, he wouldn't have followed all these commandments if he didn't care. So he does care. He does want to inherit the eternal life. He does want an everlasting life with God. And he wants it sincerely. He says, turn away. He turns away sad. His face falls. And he turns away sad because he has many possessions. And it's revealed in that moment to, to everyone else around. It's revealed in that moment that we read it. That he's tied to his possessions. He, he has placed his possessions as his number one priority. He loves God because he's observed these commandments since he was a youth. He loves God because he understands that there's uh, an eternal life. He, loved God. he loves God so he comes to Jesus to find out what else can I do. And if Jesus would have given him a task, he would have done that task. But this task involves giving away the things that you prioritize in your life. And he turns away sad because he can't do it. He doesn't want to do it. We don't know what eventually, maybe he eventually does do it. But in this moment in time, he turns away because he's idolized those things of the world. Friends, are we idolizing the things of the world? Are we idolizing 
our job titles? Are we idolizing our salary? Are we idolizing the the square footage in our home? Are we idolizing the nice car that, that we drive? Are we idolizing the things of the world? Are we placing the things of the world ahead of what God wants us to, to place? Are we putting the things of the world ahead of Jesus? Because we can look back at 2,000 years and say, how short-sighted is this young man? How short-sighted? He's there at the foot of Jesus. He's knelt down. He sees him with his eyes. He's in the presence of Christ And Christ is asking him to do these things. Go sell your stuff and follow me. How? How can he not see it? How can he not do it? How can he go uh, become sad and turn away? How can he not do what Jesus has just told him? Friends, Jesus is here today with us. He's in the midst of us today. He lives inside us. He's present always. That command, that request is still present. It is still here. Go sell what you have. Come follow me. Does that mean you can't have anything? I'm just telling you what he says. When you put your, the, the, the things you have accumulated in this world ahead of Christ, I'd ask you to reconsider your priorities. Jesus is trying to tell us. He doesn't try to tell us. He, he does tell us how hard it is. For one who has possessions to enter the kingdom of God. He says, children, how hard is it? How hard is it for someone who has wealth to enter into the kingdom of God? Then he describes how hard it is. It is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. Goodness. That's impossible. Right? A camel to fit through the eye of a needle is impossible. When you hear that statement, you think that's impossible. Well, guess what? You're not alone because the the, the rock of the church, Simon Peter in Jesus' presence, that's his reaction. (laughs) Totally amazed, astounding, astounded at that claim. Scripture says they were exceedingly astonished at at that claim. And so his response is just like our response. Who can do this? Who can give everything that they have to come follow? Who, who has that strength? Who has that, that, that list of priorities? And Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. You don't have that strength on your own. You won't go sell what you have. You won't prioritize God over everything else in your life. We're talking about possessions, but Jesus doesn't stop at possessions. What does Jesus say? He says, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house. We've talked about house, but this is where it gets dicey. Or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. You're going to have to put those things aside and put Christ above all of them. And that's a difficult task. Again, exceedingly astonished. But if we do, what does he say? Not only are we going to have eternal life, 
read and listen to the words that Jesus says. Who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. So if you give up these things, if you give up your house, if you give up your lands, if you give up your mother, if you give up your brothers, if you give up the, the, the perception that those people have for you, if you stop worrying about them, if you, ha if you stop prioritizing their opinion of you and start focusing on God and His opinion of you, you're going to get a hundred times more in this age. In this age, not my words, Jesus' words. You're going to get a hundred times in this age. And he goes on to something very, very specific. With persecutions. It's not going to be free, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be free. There's plenty of pastors, there's plenty of preachers, there's plenty of people on television that only want to talk about the prosperity that God can provide. These, th this phrase of a hundred times more now in this present age. Jesus says that. That is not wrong. But he says, houses, brothers, mothers, children and lands with persecution. That's part of the job description. That's part of the title Christian. Prioritizing Christ and receiving blessings with persecution. With people who turn their back on you. With people who betray you. With people who lie to your face and do things behind your back. With people whom you love to, will turn around and not love you. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you a wacko. They're going to call you a Jesus freak. They're going to say that things are wrong with you. They're going to say that you need, you need help. That you need help. They're dying on the vine and they're going to say that you need help. They're going to come after your businesses. They're going to come after who you're going to come after you on social media. They're going to come after you. They're going to try to fire you from your job. When you start preaching the name of Jesus, when you start posting pictures of Jesus, when you start hanging Bible verses in your office, they're going to come for you. What are you going to do? Because Jesus says after these persecutions, we're also going to inherit eternal life in the age to come. We have to decide, friends. Are we going to be like this rich young man? Are we going to, is our, is our face going to fall? Are we going to throw up our hands? Are we going to say we can't do it even as Peter just did? Are we going to say we can't do it? It's impossible. Jesus knows that. He says that. It's impossible. Yes, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what do we do? We follow the commandments. We prioritize Christ. We prioritize him over the rest of this world. We prioritize him over anyone else's thoughts. We get out into the world and we, we help revitalize the faith in Christ so that others will do the same. That we will build a community that cannot be broken. That we will follow Christ wherever it leads us. And if it leads us to the cross, then so be it. If we don't have the fire, if we don't have 
the full armor of God, if we don't stand up against the arrows, if we are lukewarm in our faith, Scripture says we will be spit out. That we will, that we will reach that day of judgment and cry out, Lord, Lord, I knew you. And he will look at us and say, I never knew you. When he separates the sheep from the goats, when he separates the wheat from the chaff. We want to be on the right side, ladies and gentlemen. We want to be on the side of God. Prioritize Christ in your life. Make your way into the world and speak the truth. The truth is in Jesus. He is the truth, the way, and the life. That way you don't have to go away with, with a saddened face and a saddened heart. We can rejoice in the blessings he's provided us. We can stand strong in the persecution that will come after us so that we can in, inherit that eternal life with Jesus. Friends, if you like messages like this, if you, try, if you support what we're trying to do here, I'd ask that you share this on your social media profile. You, you share this with your friends. You read scripture on your own. You, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to, to graduate Okay, past the, the traditional, most people have like a second or third grade kind of understanding of what Christ is and what he said. They like to pick out only a few things in scripture. That's why we, we read it to you from, from the beginning to the end, right? Next week, we're going to continue down the, to the very next verse so that you can hear scripture, you know, in context, in order, and you won't be led astray. And so if you support what we're trying to do here, I'd ask that you share it with your friends. You share this video on your social media profile. You tell somebody to tune in also. That way you can pick up the Bible and you can read along with us and you can un hear, hear a few thoughts and then you can go somewhere else and listen to someone else and maybe they have a different view on what is being said, but let no one change what is actually being said. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to have a blessed week this Monday Make your way into the world. Be, a, uh, be a, an, an apostle for Christ. Be a disciple for Christ. And make other disciples for Christ. And until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.